You don't know what you have until it's gone. Through loss, I, Kimberly, host of Self Love Sister Podcast, am learning to live. From the age of eight, I suffered from multiple autoimmune diseases which took my capacity to walk and even to speak. As these abilities gradually returned, I found a deep gratitude for this delicate and wonderful life. The fact that I may suffer a relapse at any time pushes me to appreciate all the more the wonder of living here and now. Through sharing my experiences and through interviewing others, I invite listeners to experience their own gratitude for life.
Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Self Love Sister Podcast. You know, I'm joined with Ali Alanius. I'm actually I'm from California, born and raised. I currently live in Los Angeles, and it's a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you so much. And I'm actually from Los Angeles, but I moved to Georgia when I was eight. Okay. Well, yeah, my grandfather was born here, like, and I've just been, I've lived in different parts of California throughout my life, but I'm happy to be back in Los Angeles. It's kind of Perfect. like, and how has California been impacted with COVID? Has it oh. been okay or? I mean, we're like everyone else, you know, dealing with it. I obviously California gets a lot of um, he headache for being more conservative on like the safety of everybody like you know they did have the mask mandate that made a lot of people mad there were you know shelter in place and different versions of different you know limitations that you know but ultimately I know that that was all driven by a desire I, I believe it was you know driven by a desire to really keep people safe because you know you have to have people alive in order to have a state like it does no just no service to them i mean hey we're the ones who pay taxes right if there's no one like that's the thing the government only makes money off of the people who are the citizens right so if they don't have citizens so i mean you know just from an educated guess let's just hope they're trying to keep us alive so it didn't really bother me personally and as a person with an autoimmune disease girl you already know i was like yeah let me just keep my butt at home <laughs> That's so crazy. And so how has an autoimmune disease um, really impacted your life and growing up? And please share with us what autoimmune disease do you have? Thank you. Yeah, I, I have. So I have two autoimmune diseases that are part of what I call my post-cancer battle. So I wasn't actually, I didn't live with them all my life. In fact, that's the thing. I get to have a relation to like, oh, I remember a time when I wasn't in pain and it didn't hurt so much to just do basic things. In fact, when I was younger, I was really strong. Anyway, so Sjogren's syndrome is one of them. And then I have uh, rheumatoid arthritis, uh, aggressively actually. Like, you know, there's been times when they're like, you really... It shouldn't be this bad this early, but whatever. And then, um, and then I also have fibromyalgia, which isn't an autoimmune disease, but you know it is one of those chronic illness. And I have a condition called POTS, pastoral orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. So all of those things combined, since they've really start, they've been a part of my life and my journey since 2009. And it's a challenge, you know that. Like that's what I love about how you share your story so vulnerably on social media. You know, I I do the same from time to time, and I think it's important because a lot of people look at me and they don't presume to know my set of circumstances just because I managed to put on my makeup that day or, you know, but they didn't see me, you know, two hours before when I was crying to get out of bed, you know, yesterday that was, so it was part of our new year. My husband and I were like, well, let's get back, you know, in, in gear and get back to the gym at least and try and like have a more routine as part of a routine mm -hmm. as well as, as working out. And girl, those first couple of days, like I was crying and then I was like, I'm just being a baby. And then I had to tell myself, no, you're not being a baby. So yeah, it's still, it, 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 I know, you know, the journey and, and for the audience, I'm saying like, yes, it, it impacted the way I mother, the way that I wife <laughs> and the, the way that I business and the way that I live. I mean, on top of us being powerful women, we have this whole nother thing we have to deal with. And let me commend you first off by saying, I'm so proud of you. Like you're a wife, you're a mother, you are an entrepreneur. I'm so happy. 
that we connected. And I just want to tell everyone, we connected over on Clubhouse, if I'm not mistaken. And that's a great platform. And I'm so happy that, you know, we connected. And I always get inspired by hearing stories of women living their life on top of having an autoimmune disease. I'm I'm 25. So I just feel like, yes, I have, I've had this since I was formally diagnosed at 12. But I feel like with autoimmune disease, there's never an end goal. We just have to like a day by day challenge. So it's always, it gives me so much faith that, you know, there's women like yourself that you can continue living on a really great life on top of having an autoimmune disease. Yeah, because Kimberly, and I love that you said that. It doesn't mean that my, you know, our lives are perfect. Like, that's the thing. I never want people to have this expectation that there, that there isn't the struggle. It goes on. But look, I will, I will tell you and I'll share something that does spill over from my cancer community. The first year that I battled, I had seven of my friends pass away in my community. Beautiful women that were younger than me, vivacious, you know, they, they fought to be here. Um, but that day came because none of us are actually getting out of this alive, right? So mm -hmm. we all know that every day we get up, and this is, it's interesting how our community, and when I say auto, I'm, I'm actually including autoimmunities or just health challenge people, we will make real blatant points because it's just what we live with every day, right? So I know technically every day I get up, I'm dying, yeah. right? <laughs> like every day, like somebody, so, and that came because somebody, so when I was having, dealing with cancer, she mm -hmm. said, somebody said to me, well, are you dying? And I'm like, well, technically aren't we all? Yeah. And he was like, touche. And I said, exactly. So, I mean, hopefully I'm not going to die as soon as, you know, I'd like to extend it out. But the reality is I'm, I need to make every day as best as I can. And so anyways, going back to those women I lost, those friends, a lot of them were younger than me. They were mothers. They, if they were here, girl, they would be kicking up dust, living life with every single fiber of their being. The fact that I am still here, even if it's painful, I say to myself, yo, I'm going to grab it by the horns and do what I can because, you know, like that saying goes, everybody dies, but not everybody lives. And that That's doesn't so mean it doesn't true. hurt. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt, but life is a beautiful tragedy, right? That is so true. And amen to that. That was beautifully well said. And it's crazy to me that like, you know, people always tell me, I look up to you. Who do you look up to? I'm like, these women that I have on my podcast, like, Every single person, I take a little bit and I'm just like so inspired. And I love the way you worded that. That was amazing. Give me like goosebumps. <laughs> well, I love it. And I think it's so important for you, like the community, every day you get up and, you know, especially early on, whenever you start advocating, you wonder, are people really paying attention to what I'm saying? But they are, and you are, you have this effect also to shine a light for other people that like to what I just said, it's difficult. That doesn't mean it's impossible, you know? And I'd rather, I know, like, you know, you know how it is whenever we know we're going to go somewhere and got to take that extra emergency seat before yeah. we start taking trips, like the whole life. Trust me, like when COVID came along as an autoimmune, I'm like, you guys are just now, like the first time I wore a mask on the plane, there was no COVID, right? Like that was just life and, and knowing how to plan for the fallout, the spoons that we use that we just don't have enough, you know, like in my own personal life, I'll tell you this right now, it's very difficult for me to make dinner because my hands hurt so much, you know, that I can't, it's just, it hurts to grasp things that tightly, 
those little things and it's it's hard as you know you fight for them and as they slip away a little bit you know look this is what I'm the reason why I'm saying this is I've had to learn to not beat myself up over that and feel guilty for saying you know I have a limit these days and I'd rather conserve my energy for this because you know and and I know I have the luxury of saying that because not everybody gets to do that and and I'm incredibly you know empathetic to that but also that's where that leads into the second, which I know you talk a lot about is like holistically, what are we doing to help? You know, how are we helping our bodies? What do you find is like the best way that you have? Because your autoimmune disease is you share rheumatoid arthritis as well, don't you? No, well I have a scleroderma. I was misdiagnosed with arthritis and then I was diagnosed with Raynaud's and APS. Okay. Okay. What do you find is like your number one health Hat. Well, to me, honestly, it's like, uh, just as soon as I wake up, I open my eyes and I thank God because you know, that day is not promised and who knows if we're going to make it, you know, out of bed the next day. So after the stroke, it was those little things. Well, that I used to think were little, now they're not, you know, it's allowing if I'm having a really awful day, I just allow myself to give that permission to like rest. I'm like, you know what? I worked hard, uh, Monday through Thursday. I'm going to rest today. So yeah. it's just those, those little things or the mindset actually has changed so much instead of beating myself up, trying to do everything like a normal person. I just say, you know what, I'm going to take a rest day yeah. and that's it. It's just, it's like, I have to stop the negative talk and the negative thoughts. And I have to, you know, give myself permission that, you know what, I might not be the perfect person, but I'm the perfect person for myself. <laughs> And but, what, but why do we have this expectation? I love that you said that, by the way, Kimberly, that was so true. I agree with you. Um, but you know that I think that's part of the problem. Everyone's striving for perfection. And I got to tell you, Kimberly, action. I strive to be the best version of whatever yeah. it is that I can be every day. I strive to do the best in what I can. But some things, you know, it's like I had to, I actually learned to let go of this perception of perfect. Mm -hmm. you know because like I love it one guy said practice makes perfect and he says no take that out of your mind like why are you you're setting yourself up for failure because if you really know anything about anything you know that there's no such thing as perfect oh yeah see and that was a problem for me you know growing up I was I used to play the violin I used and you know extra uh, sports and stuff and I would always try to be like what I would call perfectionist you know with an autoimmune disease you cannot control all 24 hours and so that to me was something that would trigger me. Like, I would just be like, why can't I be like everyone else? 21, when I had this joke, I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop pleasing everyone and do what's best for me. And I just hate that I found that out so late. But at the same time, I'm grateful for it. Just take it day by day. I'm not even, I'm not even planning six months ahead because, you know, six months life is not promised. Right, exactly. I tend to do the same thing. People are like, they want to plan stuff a year and like, oh, listen, I'm like, now let's, let's call me up. If you know, we'll get yeah. it. Don't worry. I don't mind paying a little extra for the tickets. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Um, I love that you said that. That was incredible. And I think that that's like really important for people to understand. I had, I, you know, it's, and I think if you have any sense of OCD at all, or you like, I'm an attention to detail. I'm, I'm, you know, I like, like I still military style fold my clothes. Okay. My house could be a wreck, but you would pull over my drawers, Kimberly, and they are perfect because I got to have my, because I can't control my house. My kids are in that, but my drawers are mine. Right. Yeah. So 
or my family, I should say. I remember when I was younger, when my mother-in-law, my ex-mother-in-law, I love her to death, but she would come and when they were would come from overseas and anybody who has intercontinental families know they come for like a month to three months. It's yeah. not like a, oh, we're coming for the weekend, right? It's like a no. long time. You're, they're they moving for a little stay. bit. <laughs> so, so they come and I remember I would for three days, man, let me tell you every crack in the house, I would be so stressed out by the time that they got there and cooking and making sure everything was perfect. And in the Middle Eastern culture, it's a lot of details. Like, you know, there's, there's just all these things. And I remember when I got sick after my life and my health changed and I had came to that conclusion, she came for a visit. And I remember I was less aggressive, like, you know, and there was one moment when she had a comment when I picked up something and she kind of like was like, oh, yeah, you know, pick it up, pick it up, because, you know, you're supposed to be picking things up. And I said, I'm not. I said, I, yeah, I'll pick it up. But if you think you're going to make me feel guilty for taking it easy, I'm wrong. Knock on another door now. Uh-uh. No, my health comes first. And I told her that. I said, my health comes first. Mm-hmm. And after that, she got it. You know, it's just like, so it's about standing up for yourself and telling yourself, yeah. like you said, stop that negative talk. Yeah, that. And also it was just like a little communication, something that you needed her to understand. And then she got it. I mean, that's beautiful, especially for me. I mean, you know, I come from a Mexican household and it was that I needed to communicate because I would get upset that my parents didn't understand me. But at the same time, they didn't understand me because I wouldn't communicate. So yeah. I think that until, you know, we set each other the boundaries, then life is happy. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, sometimes because I'll even speak to like relationships for people who are dating. And then like when I met my husband, my husband now that I'm remarried to, you know, he, he was very supportive of oh, you have some health challenges. That's cool, you know. But when you live with somebody and then they really get to understand the day-to-day and, you know, especially like the reality of what it means to be with someone, you know, it's not always easy for that other person to really accept that it's it's a lot more challenging than maybe they understand. Like, you know, to the point of like one day my husband, I got up and I was saying, I was, you know, <laughs> moaning or something probably. And he was like, are you sick? And so the way that I'm, I said, you know, technically every day I'm sick. But when I say that, I always know that in my mind, it's, it, there's that flip. Yes, every day I know that I'm sick, but every day I just still find ways to push through that you know and like we have to our community and we're so underestimated that's the problem you know people associate health challenges with with our capabilities and it's just so not true I find that's probably why I like more being a creative I don't know about you I'm curious to know your thought but that's one of the reasons why because with autoimmune diseases yeah you're gonna look for things that are less stressful on your body and obviously creative is definitely stressful but I mean you kind of get to control it a little bit more and you're using parts of your body that may not exacerbate sometimes your your conditions what do you think oh yeah no that's honestly why I when I first um you know when I got out of high school and I even though I had this autoimmune disease it wasn't to the point where it was so bad and so I had a different plan for my life I was like I'm gonna go to college I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that I wanted to be a lawyer (laughs) so I picked like the most stressful job there was and then after 21 I was like you know what change it up so when I first opened my Instagram I didn't look at it as a job outlet I just looked at it as a hobby but now it's turned into my full-time job and I love it and with this podcast and 
Clubhouse and Instagram, it's all been amazing. And TikTok, especially. I have a segment on there called Wisdom Wednesday. So it's turned in this little thing where, yeah, like creative mind. And it helps me rethink of things. And I don't see myself as like, like, I don't put myself into a stressful situation. Found out that's the best way I could possibly be for myself. Because the way that I'm creative and stuff, I get to connect with amazing people like yourself. So I love it. No, I agree. I love the creative community. I find that there's a lot of us. Like there's a, a painter online that he's in a wheelchair and he still manages he uses the wheels of the wheelchair he has especially and that's his paintbrush you know if you will and so I think it's amazing how we are so we are great examples of resiliency yeah. and how we can you know that's and I think in that sense we are role models like that's why we should be embracing our superpowers and you know you are a superhero every time you walk into a room they don't may not recognize it but that doesn't make it so you know oh yeah that's so true. I mean, especially with my family, there was like, Kim, are you in pain? Because you're always smiling. And I'm just like, I love to smile. I don't know why I could be having like the worst pain flare up and I'm still smiling. Something that my mom told me was before she's like, you can be in bed crying and nothing's going to change. Or you can be smiling, getting up, being productive and nothing's going to change. So I'm just like, you know what? That is so true. Like might as well put the best out there. And so that's how I want to be remembered. Um, even when I'm having those really, really bad pain days where I'm like crying, I'm still smiling. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but I, I feel that that's my superpower that I can just smile through it all. So. I love that. That's very powerful. And, you know, it reminds me of, you know, how they say, I'll, I, you know, I am a person who's like, oh, on my deathbed, I'll be cracking jokes. Right. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> one of those amazing people that I lost that first year, I actually got to be with her on her deathbed. And she was cracking jokes, you know, she was cracking jokes. We were cracking jokes about her doing a strip dance for me or something like that. And, and you know, it's just because like you just said, nothing was going to change the outcome. And to what I had said earlier, you know, there's an A and a, and a Z part of this. Gen I, and I believe in this because energy cannot be destroyed. It can only be transferred. I don't know what happens when we go, but I believe we are an energy source that somehow transitions into something, right? I just don't believe that we go into nothing. Yeah. Uh, but our mortal in this lifetime, in this physical being body, you know, it's like, I, there's just that in between. And what are we going to be known for? And what are we, you know, and we are role models, whether we realize it or not. Like I always hear people say, oh, I didn't grow up with a, <clears throat> a role model. And I always correct them and say, no, well, if you lived with a mother and a father, or even you had a teacher, you had them, they may were not, maybe we're not always the best role models for you, but we all had role models of some sort in our lives. And, you know, I think for some of us, it's just unlearning a lot of these things that we were told like you said to the whole being perfect these this belief that we have to be perfect or that success looks like this success does not always look like this to everybody else for some people success is just getting up and having a damn good day <laughs> yes. yes and you can say it louder for the people in the back <laughs> yes I mean success there's not one way there's a bunch of different ways definitely for sure so when you were diagnosed with an autoimmune disease how was that? Were you married already? Did you have your kids? Or yeah, yeah, it was 2009. So I was already a mother of three. I had two children. In fact, my two younger ones at that time, they were under three years old. Mm -hmm. 
And, and on top of it, at the time I was actually battling cancer. So it was like all these little different things that were happening, uh, even though it was the tail end, cause it, it's presumed that it was more a part of the treatment, you know, that ended up happening, which is not uncommon. And yeah, I mean, I was married. It's, there's a lot to it though, that I think um, shatters a bit of our confidence. We blame our body, right? We tell ourselves why, like you said, why me? Why can't I just, why, why? And uh, I had to overcome those things, those, and I'm going to say that even the marriage that I was in at the time was a very toxic one, even though I was married and I was a business owner. We were, we were one of the first dealers. It's so, it's funny. It was, it was totally different than what we're doing that what I do now, but uh, at least somewhat Metro PCS, the cell phone company in the United States, my ex-husband and I were one of the original dealers with them. And in fact, in Los Angeles, we were one of the launching dealers. So we, we were very successful in business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I'm going to say this to even a level of what some people out there are dealing with. I, I was actually in, the mar- in a marriage with a narcissist. And so, A, I have health challenges. I have, I'm a, I'm an, I'm a cancer by sign or just in general, I'm an em- empathetic person. I'm strong, but I'm very like, I take a lot. I can take a lot, like, right. Uh, and, and so to me, having an autoimmune disease and all these challenges that I was going, it just made me feel broken. It made me feel less worthy. It made me struggle. And it, it was just, it allowed him and his narcissism to really like eat away at my own self-confidence. It just, it tore me down. And then finally came the day, thank God for it, where it start, I started to rebuild the pieces and say no, and, or, you know, build all the rocks he threw at me. What is that? I took those and built a new foundation to which I stood on to say, hell no, this does not make me broken. This does not make me unworthy. And you're just messed up. And we don't need to be married. I was like, I can do bad all by myself, right? Like I didn't, I didn't need that. And to the point of when, so for me, it just became very important. I saw the difference in my health versus when I took my total environment into consideration of how I was going to deal with this diseases, these diseases in general, right? Because it's not just about, it's when we say it's about your mind, your body and your spirit, how are you eating for your autoimmune disease and how are you living, but also who, what are the, the, what is your environment like? And is it conducive? So if you can, you want to create a place where you can find health and happiness. And yeah, like it was actually a very difficult time and it took, it, it took me a minute to like get my bearings. But once I did, like that just changed everything. Then you were like, oh no, I'm not looking back. I'm unstoppable now. That's yeah. amazing. And that's something that I had to do when I was in high school. You know, I used to date. I used to pretend to be someone that I wasn't. And that was just emotionally draining, you know, mentally draining. It was just too much. So after I had the stroke, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take four years to really focus on loving myself and then, um, you know, accepting myself fully. And then before I even get back into it, because, oh, my gosh, dating, especially nowadays in your young 20s, is something so crazy. And you have to have a lot of self-love. I've always been a firm believer that how you show others how you, they love yourself, that's how you're going to accept your treatment. And until I really learned to, you know, love myself, it wasn't just a saying. It wasn't until I believed it. Then I actually showed people how I would like to be loved. Right. No, I totally agree with you. You set the standard. You set the yes. standard. 
Yes, um, and that was, um, it was really hard, especially in a Mexican family. It was a lot of looks at first. They were like, think I'm better than everyone. It's just that I can walk into the room and not having to compare myself to anyone. And that's how I explained my self-love. And I think that until, you know, my family accepted it, that doesn't mean that I won't like someone. It just means that I don't mind waiting for the right person. And I think that's really good, especially nowadays. I mean, that you don't have to accept for the less than you deserve because, uh, as you know, with autoimmune disease, it's not just, you know, looking pretty, seeing me for an hour and that's it. It's like they have to accept that you have a whole another life and it's not easy. Right, right. No, I know exactly. And I tried to when I, so when I so I was married, like I said, and then I started dating later on uh after I got divorced and whatnot and and you know my, my new husband and yeah like it was just the same thing of having to set the standard and say like okay look I have this really fun and outgoing side of me and then I have this other side that's just I take care of myself you know yeah that's really important and it's interesting because it's funny you had said something a second ago that triggered a memory for me of something that is I think is really important to share I was one time at Los Angeles and and I was climbing a popular hiking trail Runyon Canyon I'm sure you've heard of it or seen it or been on it I mean and we we come, I was on it. This was when I was dating my ex-husband, like, okay, because this is, this kind of goes into like, like I had pride too, that kind of wouldn't let me look weak in front of him at times. Cause you know how there's that, like, I'm also a little competitive. <laughs> and so we had went, we had, we had this friend, she was, she's adorable, but she's like this avid adventurer, like literally a professional adventurer. She's the type of person who camped off the side of a rock in those little, oh, wow. like she did some really crazy stuff. Meanwhile, me back at the ranch, fresh off came off, like not. So she's like, so, but, but at the same token, I'm trying to, you know, be tough. And she, she says to us when we're heading into the trail, she's like, you want to take the easy trail or the hard trail. Now, I didn't want to go be like, oh, easy trail. So neither, I guess he didn't either. So neither one of us want to look like chumps. So yeah. she takes us on the hard trail. Now we get to this hill, Kimberly, that it's got three subsequent peaks that I am looking at. And I'm just because my, my, I have to, when I do hike, I can hike, but I got to go really slow because I can't breathe. My, my Sjogren's attacks the moisture in the lungs, in my lungs. And so I can get very winded very easily. So I'm standing at the bottom of this thing. Literally my mom was like, mommy, please come get me. I don't, and I don't even, I like, I, I was like, please, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. I don't want to, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. But I'm also like, my pride is like, I can't, I can't look like a chump. So I'm like, okay. I look, I said, you know, I'm just going to look down at my feet and I'm just going to climb this hill one step at a time. I'm not going to focus on the top. I'm only going to focus on my feet. I'm not going to race. I don't need to race anybody. Just one step at a time. So I get to the top. I finally I get to the top of this peak and here's the thing. It was like such a spiritual freaking moment because the minute I, I turned back and I looked down and my head said, now look how far you've come. But then after that, what flashed across my eyes was everything that I have experienced that could have put me down, like, right, all those things. And it was just like this hyper speed thing real that played through my head really quick that was like yeah look how far you've come and I feel like that message is so important because we give up way too soon two times we are in competition with things we don't need to be and mm -hmm. it's just one step at a time and then oh I love that thank you so much for sharing
That's beautiful. Yeah, I, I will say like, and it's funny because it, it also then Joseph, my husband now, he's like, oh, you could climb a mountain. I'm like, yeah, I can climb a mountain. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, some people too, they're like, you were just, no, it is true. It's it's important to look at how far we've come and what we what we go through. And, and just so that not to sit in it, but to say like, you know, so yeah, I mean, I don't know what your biggest challenges are in these in this days. I'm sure that it's a lot. Like, what do you feel right now is your biggest challenge with COVID and stuff? Is it dating? Is it getting out like work-wise? Like, what is it for you? Um, it's definitely trying to, you know, I'm 25. I would eventually like to move out. That's kind of my thing. I just feel like um, the biggest challenges were like, you know what, you're in the same position as you were last year, but no, I'm not. I have to remind myself, I'm like, Last year, I was really, I was like 94 pounds. This year, I'm a lot healthier. Relationship-wise, I'm healthy. You know, work-wise, I'm thriving. So it's that little reminder that it's like, you're not the same person as you were uh, last year. Yeah, I'm, right. a, I'm a lot stronger. And it's just like those little things, like you said, look how far you've come mm -hmm. that you have to remind yourself in. You know, you can't be stuck in the same mindset as you were because you're constantly growing. And yeah, like I'm not the same person as I was yesterday. Yeah, exactly. And don't stay, but don't stay stuck. There, there's, okay. this is the thing, you know, some people it's like, I mean, that's where also in our community, we have to be the ones who raise the, the, the banner for, okay, I understand you're having a tough time. We know we get it, but don't sit in it too long. Like don't wallow, be proactive or like take the time that you need, but you know, don't sit in it. Don't stay in that. Cause that's, that's where we end up like really that's where we, in our minds, we're like, oh no, continue. But then they don't, they stay stagnant. And then that just, unfortunately, like I said, we are energy. So if we have low energy, we will be low energy. And it's just very important to do whatever we can. Like I love, I'll try anything, sound healing. You know, I love sound baths. I go to sleep with the, with the um, bowls on so that I can hear because it's healing, healing vibrations. I will do anything and everything, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, reason, of course, you know, yeah. <laughs> don't get me wrong though. Cause that's the other thing. I don't know how many times somebody has offered you a cure, right? Like everyone, oh can my hear me. Yes. everyone knows what I need. Everyone knows everyone has a great product that I should take. Cause it's going to take care of all of my issues. <laughs> If only it were that easy. Right. Yeah. No, it's definitely lifestyle. Oh, yeah, for sure. No. And going back to what you said, like, uh, when, you know, when I was 21, I took that year and I, I really did a lot of self-pity. I was just very unhappy. And then I woke up one day and I was like, well, what are you doing, Kim, to change your life? And I think it was that moment that I finally thrived. And I was like, you know what? I can keep crying and stay in the same position, or I can keep crying and keep trying all a bunch of times, but then one day it's just gonna get up. And until you stop like doing a lot of self-pity and negative self-talk, I think that's when you can really thrive. Yeah. And like you said, um, you know, listening and everyone does different stuff. Like I know I tried yoga, that did not work for me. One, because I'm not flexible, I'm way too like a perfectionist. So what I do is like um, now every morning, I do my bed and for people, sometimes making your bed can take two minutes. For me, it takes 15 minutes, but yeah, I'm grateful I can do it. And I put on some, um, it's not like a meditation, but it's like a YouTube motivational talk. And that's what I listen to. And that's how I start my day. And I don't know about you, but for me, making my bed <laughs> is a great way to start the morning. Like, yeah. I just feel like once it's done, that's the first task of the day. 
and I know a lot of people would be like oh my god that's too much I'm like I don't care it it makes me happy <laughs> and yes I don't care if I take five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes but it's like the first thing and then I can go out through the day because oh I hated it when I couldn't do my bed and I'd be outside and I'd be thinking I have to get home and do my bed so I just, <laughs> I just do it <laughs> yeah and, that routine yes yes and it you know it's something that it's like those little wins that I do that make me so happy to be myself yeah absolutely I love that yeah I mean you know yeah not everything is for everyone you know, it's like cannabis is not for everyone, but there are some people in the autoimmune diseases and I'll admit I'm one of them who use it as part of my therapy, you know, and I feel that that's very important to say for mothers who, you know, I'm in a category of women who are often very expected You talk about perfection, you know, don't go to a PTA meeting and be like, so what you gonna go home and I'm gonna smoke some weed and have a glass of wine. What are you gonna say? You know, there's like that look of judgment and I'm like, ah. but you know, so there's that, but then, you know, yeah, it, for some people movement, like, well, especially because of a lot of what our stuff, but it's how, and so while one thing is great for somebody that doesn't necessarily, and I love yoga, I love movement, I love martial arts, oh, when, yeah. you know, uh, and I love meditation though. I, I will say meditation is huge to me and like astral projection and and you know I tell my body do you do that okay I tell my body I'm so into brain hacking but like in the good sense of like how can I tell my body because I really do believe we are like a computer and we're supposed to be the one directing everything in reality there's something else that does a lot of the autonomous stuff that we're not in control of but if we could jump into that seat and tell our brain no, go fix this. So I do that. I tell my body, I'm always walking through whether I'm still, I'm actually in a meditative state or even just walking through the house. I'm telling my body like regenerate cells or be better, like get fluid to my lung, like all these things or not to the lungs, but to my tissue, you know, those things. Do you do, you do the same thing? <laughs> yes, I do. Um, with um, my autoimmune disease. So I get this thing called flare up. So I'm not sure if you get them, but they're like open wounds. They can be super, super painful. Mm -hmm. And I used to rely on just strictly medication, but until I started like rewiring my brain and telling myself, send good signals mm -hmm. <laughs> to my feet or my hands. And I realized the time it took of healing. So it would be from three months to now it's like a month. Oh, wow. So, That's incredible. Yeah. Cause you're, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm, you're using medication and the brain? Yes. Yes. Okay. Because I'm on, I'm on a blood thinner to avoid the strokes. Right. Um, so I already mentalized that that's going to be for life, <laughs> but um, now it's also a lot to do. I'm like, I can't just rely on this medication because I've been taking it for so long. I feel like it wasn't doing anything. So until I started rewiring the way I thought and sending positive signals and eating good food, and I tried to do what I can that way, like if I get sick, I'm like, well, I did everything I can. It is what it is. Instead of saying I could have done more. Right. And, and, you know, you, there's a level of accountability that's on us. Like when I go to the doctor's office, I recognize he's just a person. In fact, I've been right more often. And when I go deal with a doctor, I'm not rude, but I'm also happy to let them know you're working for me in this instance. Like I'm not, you, you know, I don't care how many degrees you have on a wall. And I say this for patient advocacy because too often we don't know our rights. We don't know how to advocate for ourselves. And as a result, things happen that shouldn't for within the healthcare with regards to continuity. One of the things I've done in my former, you know, uh, life was I worked, I was an advisor for the California Medical Review Board and I spoke and worked in the quality of healthcare 
through health information systems and things like that, that reduce the amount of people dying, people having allergy conflicts because of medications, because doctors don't know every single medication and they can have all these little things, right? They all matter. And, but here's the thing, doctors are not perfect. And, you know, you go into the office and you're like, okay, doc, give me something that's going to, you know, first of all, figure out what's wrong with me, which, you know, especially, oh, don't you love autoimmune diseases? This is what we hear a lot of. And I know the community, there are so many people that have been saying, I am sick. I don't feel well. Something's wrong. And doctors are like, you're fine. And then finally they put the autoimmune disease and they're like, oh, you're not. And meanwhile, we're just over here thinking we're crazy or being told we're psychosomatic and we're not, you know, that kind of BS that happens. So, you know, you know, so, but here's the thing again, it's still go, there's still a part when we go home, what are we doing? You know, I eat to live, not live to eat. You know, I mean, I'm not going to tell you chocolate cake doesn't taste good. I'm just going to tell you, I know my limits because I, I balance and I make sure that I'm, you know, I remember eating something at my mother-in-law's house in Texas. And she's like, it was like bean sprouts. And she's like, why do you, do you like them? I'm like, well, I don't love them. I'm not like, Ooh, this is, you know, but I know that it's important for me. So it's, I eat to live, not live to eat because I recognize that I've got a duty and I've got a hand in how I deal with these illnesses. Yes. And that was definitely something I did as a child. I would eat like so much junk food and then I would be wondering why I'm sick. Now I can, I'm like, okay, one on the weekends, you can eat something, but during the week and then it's all super healthy. And I think that until you really learn to process, you're like, what am I doing for myself? You know? And also when you stand up for doctors, cause Lord knows when I was young, I did not, you know, I was a 12 year old girl and, you know, hearing all these doctors tell me all these words that I could not understand. So until I really started to stand up for myself and like, okay, so you don't have arthritis, you have scleroderma just because on so many autoimmune diseases that there's like overlapping. Right. It's like a rainbow a spectrum. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. And then if you tell them I'm in pain, but you're smiling all the time, then they're like, oh, you're not in pain. You're just having a really bad day. I'm like, no, I'm not like, I'm so tired <laughs> until I understood what fatigue was and right. you know stuff like that, that it's like, you know, it's just not normal or quote unquote, I say normal, but everyone has a different spectrum of what normal is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And you know, so we're expecting doctors to not only discover what's wrong with us. And then also we tell them to treat us, fix us, give us what we need to get better. We never like it when it includes something that involves <laughs> us getting involved. Right. Oh. Like, for example, look at somebody, if you go to this, if you know, most often, if you want to lose weight and you go to the doctor for some liposuction, sure, the doctor can take it out. But if you haven't fixed your problem of how you eat, you're still going to be, you know, that's really only a temporary fix. And it might not even fix it the way that you want it to be fix, like all these kind of things. I, I, and if you're not going to really change your lifestyle, then what are you doing? So it's like, I just, I, I agree with you. I think it's very important to know what's good for us and what's not. And, you know, do that research. I remember there was once this, now I wouldn't suggest this to everybody, but I will say this one, I was like, you know, look, cancer is a very scary word for a lot of people. It definitely was for me. So I remember I went into like this Chinese apothecary type like place. I was like, you know, you go in and you tell him what, you ate, what your ailments are. And he gives you these roots and things and tells you to boil them and, you know, and, and I did so. And I tell you, this drink smelled like something died. And, you know, but I would have to, I would boil it by the gallon and drink it with some lemon and honey, you know, and, and hold my nose and take it down because 
but because I just wanted to live and that's the one thing now. Okay. So I got a question for you. What are your thoughts on the vaccine for autoimmune disease? Um, well, auto-compromised immune people. Well, I love it. Unfortunately though, because I have so much like a uh, health history, you know, I cannot. So therefore I, I really want everyone to get vaccinated and only because, you know, unfortunately, as much as I would want to, I can't. Right. So right. I have to rely on other people to get vaccinated. You know, it's not just like a, don't be selfish and just say, I don't believe in the vaccine. It's more for like us, for like me, me personally, someone that can't get vaccinated. And as much as they really want to, they want to go back into the real world. But, you know, unfortunately, I can't. Well, it's interesting that there are a lot of people who don't trust the science, right? But that's interesting because those are also the same people who will go and take Tylenol or take like, like every year, a certain amount of people die from Tylenol. We just don't hear about it because it's not a big thing, right? Or like, you know, and, and, and you have a lot of people that don't understand the history of the vaccine, that it, it is not just something that was conjured up recently. This has been in development for 10 years. Yes, it has not been tested on the general public, but you know, it's, it isn't something that's as new as people think it has. And I'm speaking to the mRNA vaccine. I, yeah, there's people who genuinely cannot get the vaccine in, but I will say I was one of the people, so I did not want to get the vaccine initially. I have a history in health and, and background and, and um, it wasn't so much that I, I would say I don't trust the government as much as everybody else does for sure. I don't trust the government, but I do trust science. Again, kind of going back to that, you know, overall, I know that there's the evil lords above that try to do these naughty things, but somewhere in there, there are some actually good people just trying to save lives. <laughs> and um, I definitely know that I've taken chemotherapy, which is a toxic, like, that's the thing. Okay. So your argument is, I don't know what I'm going to put in my body. And I may like, you know, grow a third arm or start setting off microwaves. I don't know what it is that you, you know, you believe, which I'm, you're entitled to your belief. I'm not, you know, so I'm anybody out there, but when I was confronted with cancer, as if you were to be, you would take chemo. Chemo is known to potentially, you know, you're, you can be left infertile. You could be left with DNA changes because yeah, it's intended to break you down. It's actually doing a whole lot more than this vaccine is doing, you know, mm -hmm. mind you. And because chemo, the side effects to chemo can also very much kill you. I knew somebody who took chemo and was actually clear of the cancer, but the chemo made her heart stop and she went to sleep and never woke up. So you know, think I'm, I'm, I'm close to these type of things. I'm in aware. So anyways, my point, I was, I was still afraid of taking the vaccine. I got the vaccine because my daughter, my doctor said like this, Alia, we, you could get COVID and you could be fine I, or you could get in and die. We don't know. We don't think that you should be taking chances because on paper, we, you are the most vulnerable. You're one of the most, you're, you're vulnerable. And so while I didn't want to take it, I got it. I got it in April. I didn't have any issues with it personally. I took the second shot. I remember everyone was telling me, oh, I got so bad from the second shot. Remember that whole mental thing? I was like, no, I'm going to get the second shot and I'm going to be good. And anyways, I got the second shot. I was fine. I have not gotten my booster yet, but my husband and I do intend on getting it. And honestly, I was never also told that if I got the shot, I wouldn't get COVID. It was just, well, if you get it, in fact, you should expect to get it. You should hope to just not be able to die from it now. 
And I think that for a lot of us, that's the point they're not getting. And I think they're afraid of a lot of things. If you got cancer tomorrow, you'd probably be taking some very experimental drugs that have definitely not been, because immunotherapy, when I took it, by the way, because I took, I, it, was this, it was new. It was a newly, it wasn't even a wholly accepted cancer therapy. But imagine if I hadn't had it, then I wouldn't, might not be here. Yeah. So again, if your life is one of the options, I say my thing is so long as you don't have a medical condition that prevents you from getting the vaccine, listen, I am going to tell you at the most, what do you think you have to lose? That you couldn't be losing when you take drink out of a plastic bottle or maybe out of your tap water, or maybe when you go take the Tylenol or the doctor prescribes you a medication for your depression or anything else that you think is bad about this vaccine. So that's, that's just my thought. But yet you don't want to put on a mask if I'm telling you my life could be at stake. Like, mm-hmm. do you, you think I don't deserve to live? You think I'm expendable? You know, but sadly, some of those very people have been the ones to die because of COVID that have had those feelings, you know, and, and that's, you know, but yeah, to the rest of us who are here and still ticking and doing what we can do, you know, oh, yeah. so, goes, so goes the spoils, right? So yeah. <laughs> this is America that I want to live in. So yeah, right. And, and I never like, look, I never like to tell people your belief is wrong. This is not what I'm ever trying to, but I am also trying to say, well, what if there's a different perspective to look at it from? You know, it's it's important to recognize that uh, we do grow and evolve as people and understandings and, and you know, it's just, I, I've been around um, long enough now. I'm 46, I'm a mother of four, I'm a grandmother to one. I'm not here to tell, yeah, and you know, I'm not here to tell somebody you're wrong. I'm just here to, like you said, keep an open mind. Let's have an open mind and let's consider the possibilities. Yes. You know? Just so in case we're wrong, just in case. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you heard it here first. You can have adult conversations, be respectful, and have an open mind. And I love that. That's that's honestly why I love doing this podcast. And it brings me so much joy because you hear from everyone's different opinions and how they're living and stuff. And I love that because, yeah, like you never stop growing. And no matter, like there's always something you can learn and something you can take away from. So if there's anything that I want you to take away from this is enjoy this conversation. Appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on this podcast and give your opinion and tell us about your life and how diff- how living with an autoimmune disease is not easy, but it's not impossible. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I hope we connect in the, in the near future. Thank oh, you so welcome. much. And this is your self-love sister, Kimberly, joined with Alia. Please tell us where they can find you and where they can connect with you and say some final last words. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. I will, first of all, it's just been a pleasure, Kimberly. I think you're a light. I think you're brave, beautiful, courageous, and, you know, just keep doing what you're doing because it is so amazingly important. So thank you. Anything I can do to be a part of this journey, is just an honor to your audience. Yes. You know, every day is a new day. It's an opportunity. Even like we just got done with, you know, 2021 recently, I don't know when you'll release this, but you know, 20 or 2022 is the new year. But to me, every day that I get up is a new year. Like you said something earlier, what a difference a year can make. So just think today is a new year. Happy new year. What can you do in the next 365 days? Um, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm on Instagram, mostly Alia, A-A-L-I-A underscore unsugarcoated, founder of Unsugarcoated Media. So, you know, definitely check us out and connect with me. And it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you. Yes. I'll leave all her links down below and have a wonderful rest of your day.